Thanks for joining us for this episode. And I want to let you know about an opportunity that we host every month as part of Church Advance. It's the Church Advance Hour of Encouragement. Now, this is something, again, that we do every month. And it's actually very often content that later gets featured on the podcast. So during this time, Brian's going to have a kind of a teaching session, and then he's going to open it up for discussion and questions. And then many times we close out the hour in prayer. And it really is an encouraging time for pastors and church leaders. And it's free for anyone who wants to join. And so I want to encourage you to have part in our next hour of encouragement. And if you want to learn more and get signed up again, it's completely free. Just head over to briansams.com and get ready registered for the next Church Advance Hour of Encouragement. That's briansams.com. Well, thanks so much again for joining us for this episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches. This is Church Advance with Brian Sams. And so that's number one is to hire when you have the resources to do it and to pay them fairly. I like the emphasis on that one. Uh, Number two, it's time to hire when you have a clearly defined role in place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I need a youth guy. Well, uh, okay. I mean, I almost see, Luke, maybe I'm wrong here. It's almost like every time I see a church hire an assistant pastor, it's always a student pastor. Now, look, I have a church of about 300, 300 people. I'm sorry, uh, we don't need a full-time youth pastor. I'm talking about a full-time youth pastor. Yeah. Now, you may, you may lump in several things, but you, you must clearly define the role. I decided that our church, as of right now, River City Baptist Church, could handle a volunteer youth pastor. By the way, that we have not had since I got here. Hmm. Um, and that was one of my big mistakes is I pushed youth first – I should have pu- I should have pushed children more than youth because we have more kids than teenagers in our church. Think about this: some churches have a youth pastor, but they've actually got more kids than mm, teenagers. That's yep. true because we have so many young families in our church. We had fifteen teenagers at church on Sunday, but we had thirty kids in age just, and that's just ages K through fifth grade. That's not counting nursery or toddlers, where we had another all the way up to four years old. We had probably another 20 in that department. So think about that. We have 50 children regularly come to our church and 15 teenagers. Yeah. So why did I hire a youth pastor? Why did I do that? Yeah. I've got a great guy who loves teens, who's a good Bible teacher and is faithful and he's working great. So what I'm saying here is clearly define your role. Okay. You're busy. The finances are there. What do you actually need to happen? What is the role you're hiring? So let me explain the one I'm getting ready to hire. I desperately have always needed someone to administrate the Sunday experience at River City Baptist Church. I'm talking about worship, AV, guest services, all of it. Mm-hmm. And we've not done a great job at that. So predominantly, I needed a, a worship MC. I needed somebody training leaders, managing. And then from that, I call it discipleship that is all the data that comes in on Sunday 
and processing all the data to put individuals into workflows. We have four major workflows at church. We have we have the 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 guest to membership workflow. We have the baptism workflow. We have the salvation workflow, and we have member to uh, to serving workflow. These are all when new people come to our church, they, they flow through planning center, and we've just dropped the ball there because I've been so busy. This also includes discipleship. Also includes the managing of our connection groups that we're going to talk about soon on the podcast. Um, this is an abundance of work that I am doing the bulk of the labor on it right now, as well as some of our volunteers. But now I was able to clearly define a role. Okay. The, the role was I need worship and discipleship. I therefore need to find somebody who is skilled in worship and discipleship. I've got the money. I've got the role, you know, and now I'm looking for the person. So that, that, I think that that's the, the right order there. Instead of saying, I need a children's pastor, I need a youth pastor. I need a, yeah. I need an outreach pastor. Well, do you, I mean, can you honestly say, I mean, what youth pastors, if you're not in a mega church, okay, I don't feel like I'm picking on youth pastors today, but I'm sorry. Y'all just have to take it. What youth <laughs> pastor, what youth pastor is working 40 hours a week? And if he is, what is he doing? Yeah. Somebody please help me understand. What a youth pastor in a church of 150 is doing 40 hours a week. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think it's a mistake because yeah. you don't have a clearly defined role about the need that you have. And so you've just thrown somebody in there that you thought you needed. And uh, that was a, that's a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to, to emphasize again that, you know, you don't need what, what I say? you don't need what uh, what maybe the, the, you think you need in terms of, yeah, there tends to be this kind of default template we try to put ourselves into mm -hmm. in the church world mm -hmm. of, like you said, yeah, hire a youth. You, what is it? For me, it is. They always say, well, we'll combine it. Hire a youth and worship guy or youth and music guy, you know, and that I've, I don't, there always feels like that need. But like you said, if you look at your church and you're like, oh, we have a department of 15 teenagers. Okay. Do you, I mean, not to say they don't need some attention and need some pastoring and need some help, but, you know, if you've got that, but then you've got, you know, it could go one way or the other, you know, some churches may be in a big college town and it's like, okay, well, you've got, you know, 50 potential college students you could be reaching or on the other side of the spectrum, you know, you've got a hundred, a hundred plus kids here because you have a bunch of young families, you know, you have to look at it. And then I'm going to ask you this question real quick, um, just uh, to kind of, I don't know what is, I don't know if there's a, there's a, a, a clear cut answer here, but in your opinion, there's kind of two factors, if you will, in church, uh, in church work, from what I've observed, there's the administrative and operational side kind of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then there's the pastoral, uh, counseling, even teaching, uh, things where it's actual dealing with, you know, making visits and people work, um, which of those positions, because uh, it sounds to me like the higher you're making is a little bit of both both of those. Um, but, you know, which of those would you say is maybe more important to focus on first if you had to pick? Uh, again, I, maybe not a clear oh, answer. Oh, okay. Let's say, let's say, no, I, th I think this is great. If I was a singular pastor looking to expand the first time, without a doubt, your first hire is going to be administrative and operational. No question about it. That's what you need help with. Do you want to spend your time building graphics? Do you want to spend your time uh, uh, entering financial numbers into QuickBooks? Do you want to spend your time forming letterhead and typing letters? I mean, do you want to spend your time emailing 
um, ladies about the need to bring a covered dish for, a, you know, uh, for a, a potluck? What, I mean, what do you want to spend your time doing? So absolutely, employee-wise, it is easier to hire administrative and operational people. It is easier, I think, to train ministerial people. People. That's what that, and that's been the model that I, that we've done. So, without a question, you want to hire operations uh, administrations first, and then when the and that leads me to number three. When 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 the need actually arises, uh, then uh, you'll you'll know. And let me let me just make I make the same because it, it just fits flows right into what you're asking me. So let me get to number three. When is it time to hire? Uh, it's time to hire when. Your volunteer workforce could not possibly cover the responsibilities of the role that you just defined. Hmm. Okay. I got a clearly defined role. This is what I need. And now a volunteer can't do this all. It's not possible. So take the Sunday experience. Currently, I have a volunteer who's our worship director, a fantastic young lady in our church, yeah, lots of great training, gift of piano player, singer, musician, knows music real well. But man, worship is so much more than singing. It's mm. AV production. It's rehearsals. It's picking songs, entering them in the planning center, putting PowerPoint presentations together. It is, it is selecting, training, and encouraging more team members and expanding and growing, et cetera. So I realized this young lady who's getting ready to have her first baby this summer, there's no way she can do everything that needs to be done for this to go well. So that led me to believe this. Now let's, let's go to some other things. Let's go to some other operational things. I have probably 10 buildings and grounds volunteers every week at our church, cutting the grass, weeding the, weeding the shrubs, uh, trimming bushes, all these sorts of things. I don't need to hire a company or a grounds person because we've got it covered. If there was ever a time where it was too much for my volunteers to cover, then I need to think about hiring a buildings and grounds guy. So, so that's when, you know, you know that you need to hire somebody when your volunteers could not possibly do the amount of work that you are suggesting needs to be done. And all those things I just described, all those discipleship, small groups, data processing, engaging workflows, and the Sunday experience, that's a full-time job. That's yeah. a full-time oh, yeah. job. That is a that is a 40-hour week job uh, that I have clearly defined, written a job description, went over with the individual that's going to come, and nailed down that he was the right guy for the job. So that's the order in which uh, I would go on on something like that. So yeah, man, you just gotta you just gotta just let's just not be too trigger happy here, is probably the look, yeah. you, you hire slow, you hire slow, fire fast. You don't you don't hire fast, fire slow, and that's how yeah. you get in trouble. So, yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of it goes back to what we we're saying too: of get yourself out of the mindset of I've got to hire a full time position uh, first. Yep. In fact, I would I would go as far to say that unless you are truly experiencing just rapid, expansive growth at your church, 
uh, you should not do that. You should not hire That's someone right. full time before you either either, like you said, figure out how to divvy up the work amongst volunteers or bring in someone, like I said, it could be someone local, someone virtual, whatever, to help you, uh, you know, with just some part-time administrative tasks. Uh, if you just, if your first hire in general, whether again, whether it be at a church, whether it be in a business, is a full-time person, uh, there's there's a 90% chance you're actually not ready uh, for that hire. And so, right. uh, yeah, right. I mean, just like you said, lean into the volunteers, lean into the, uh, the part-time positions, the virtual positions and everything like that, uh, before you actually bring in, uh, that full-time, uh, that full-time person. And then that, that kind of takes yeah, let me get, let me get, let me give you a quick, sorry, let me, get, let me give you a quick testimony on that. Okay. We have been large scale volunteers since August. Uh, uh, really, Aaron Chan has been with me almost from the beginning as an assistant. So, uh, and Aaron was not one of the mistakes I made in hiring. By the way, Aaron's been great, been with me the whole time. But by the way, let me just rephrase that: nobody has been a mistake. It's been me. I think I tried to clarify that earlier. So I'm not yeah. talking about any individuals. But here's here's the point: we've gone to this volunteer model that I've already described in this in this podcast since August. We've had about 70 people join our church. Seven wow. zero. Wow. Okay. Look, this model works. Mm-hmm. And now you talk about exponential growth. That's exponential growth. If, if, if normal growth is 10% over, over a year, meaning between your losses and your gains, you netted 10%, which is standard, which has been, we've been a little bit above that curve over the last seven years, but, but that's about right. Okay. This year, um, if that trend continues from, we're going to go from about 200 to, possibly 300 plus, that's going to be a 30% or more uh, increase from August to August. <clears throat> that's huge. That yeah. is a, that is a neat, some, you got to start figuring stuff out. Like we're going right now through a complete overhaul in our children's ministry because we have to expand. We have to break down classes. We're going through overhaul. In our, like I said, our groups, we, we, we've went now from 40 people in attendance to our small groups to over 90 uh, in, in just, wow. in just one really what, so, I mean, things are moving. So I agree with you hundred percent. You, when you see something explode and you met, do all these mechanisms of measurement, that's when it's time to pull the trigger, yeah. which leads me really to number four. Yeah. 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 And I, I will get to number four. I just have one last thought slash question. You know, you talk about the, it, it's interesting, uh, that your church has seen all this growth. Yeah. 70, people since August. That's, that's pretty big. And we're not even to Easter yet, technically at time of recording. Right. Um, and, right. and so it's interesting how that went hand in hand with a couple things happening there at your church with the, you know, sending Aaron off to open Mayport and, and or relaunch Mayport there. And then also, like you said, becoming more volunteer based. So I'm wondering how much of that growth could have come subliminally from people walking in the doors and realizing this is a church of people that are involved. They're not just spiritual consumers. They are spiritual contributors. They're having a role in this church. And that gets people excited because yeah, a staff run church is the type of church where the people walk in on Sunday, they sit, they sing, they hear the preaching, they leave, they're done for the week. But when you see, and you walk in and you say, Hey, uh, you can tell like this, this, there's all these volunteers, there's all these people serving. There's an energy there that gets people excited. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if there's a way to really, you know, quantify that, but I do wonder how much of that ties in to the fact that people that have been coming to your church are seeing 
This is a church that is, again, about contributing and helping our community and helping each other, not just sitting here and consuming uh, in that way. Oh, yeah. People are wanting to own stuff, man. They want to be involved. They want, they want their life to matter, whether it's secular or Christian. They want their life to count for something. We yeah. see that on every level. And so when, in our onboarding process, our membership process, I tell people, if you are not ready to connect and you are not ready to serve and you are not ready to give, you shouldn't be a part of this church. I say that in my new members class. So, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, look, man, this is a mission. We are on mission here. And of course it's demonstrated in our daily actions, et cetera. But I agree, Luke, I think it's a hundred percent contributes to the growth. We are active in our community. Our membership is active in service. People have a place that got something to do. There's about 10 to 15 ministry service options immediately ready for anybody that joins our church. And you do not let, need to let any grass grow under your feet when you join River City Baptist Church. I think it's critical uh, that we have that going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, probably a lot more that could be said there. But let's go ahead and move on to the fourth yeah. and final uh, you know, kind of step here, which is it's time to hire when you have the right person for the right job at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. So again, these are in order. This is a sequence. You identify that you have the resources. Mm-hmm. You've identified the exact role that you need. You, you realize that the, the volunteers can't cover the roles that you need. So now you've got to hire. And what do you do? You hire the right person for the right job at the right time. And, and I would be slow on the trigger, okay, to bring somebody in just because I have the need. The need's clear in my, in my ministry. My deacons are begging me. My wife's begging me. Everybody's begging me to hire. The finances are clear. I'm now looking for the right place, right time, right job. So for me, I was looking. I already clearly defined the role. I want somebody that's good at discipleship, proven track record of discipleship, proven track record of groups ministry, and can lead in worship. This is a skill set. So I'm looking for I'm looking for three things. And I know this has been well worn, but it's true. First of all, when I've defined that job, I need somebody that's competent. You got to be competent. I can't just hire like some, you know, some dude just because I need a body. Well, if you can't sing, you can't lead worship. If you can't lead worship, you can't lead worship. <laughs> If you can't yeah. play instruments, you can't lead worship. If you can't run teams, you can't lead worship. Okay, you just can't do it. If you don't have an administrative bone in your body, you cannot run the discipleship ministry of our church. You yeah. can't do it. I don't care if you're a nice guy. I don't care if you're the best preacher in your college. You can't do it. So I started forming a profile. It was a profile of competence. I need somebody who can do a, B, C, D, that's competence. Number two, I needed somebody who had character. Guys, I don't hire 20-year-olds anymore, okay? Nobody's coming to my church out of Bible college. You're just not going to get hired here. I'm sorry, it ain't happening. I might give you an internship, maybe, uh, but I turn away more interns than I accept. Uh, I just ain't doing it, man. Look, I'm sorry. Kids that are 24, 20, 22, 23 years old, you go to seminary, man. Go to seminary. Get some more education. Get married. Have a baby. Grow up a little bit. Get yourself in order. Then we'll talk. But if, but but you've got to have some character, proven character. So I so now my profile gets narrowed. I'm looking for somebody that's older. I'm looking for somebody with experience. I'm looking for somebody who's been in the ministry for a while. Right. Start narrowing this down. And the third one is the most important one. I call it camaraderie or chemistry. Okay. Mm camaraderie or chemistry. Hey, listen, man. If you think you need a staff member and your first step is to reach out to some Bible college and ask them for resumes, 
you are not ready to hire. Mm, You do not hire, don't hire paper, hire people. Okay, now that necessitates that everything we've said about Ephesians 4 is happening in your church. Sadly, Luke, I got a call yesterday, actually, from a church. I won't say anything about location or anything. A mega church who's ready to expand their campus into two campuses. We get this, calling me because they don't have a pastor. Hmm. Okay, all right, get this. A mega church that's looking to expand two new campuses. This church has thousands of members, but they don't have a pastor for the new campuses. Wow. Now, look, I'm just going to tell you right now, I could start five campuses right now if I needed to right this minute. It, I, it just saddens me to think, what are you talking about expanding to a campus? You don't have a pastor. What have you been doing? Yeah, yeah. You got a mega church and you don't have a pastor. You don't have somebody that you're training. That's number one. Number two, what are you doing? Pastors, guys, if you're not investing into people enough to be able to turn around and say, look, I can hire this guy right now for my church. Now, let me explain my hire that I'm doing right now because this is super important for you guys here. I did hire from without, but the man that I hired, Stephen Ashmore, did come through our church for a year during a mm-hmm. during a during a ministry Sabbath. So I trained him. I got him going. I got him put into the church that he went to. Not not me. You know what I'm saying? I I helped yeah, him get yeah. going. Is what I'm saying. Well, so before I ever thought about Stephen, I thought about all the guys at my church that already go to my church currently. Mm-hmm. The problem was none of them, none of them had the competency that I needed yeah. for that particular job. Now, if I was going to hire a children's pastor, I've got a children's pastor. If I was going to hire a full-time youth pastor, I've already got one. If I was going to hire an administrative pastor, I know a guy right now that could do it in my church. Yeah. Okay. But Stephen was somebody who came to our church, recovered at our church, was trained at our church, was sent by our church. And now He's coming back. I already have the camaraderie. I don't have to worry about, do we get along? Are we going to work well together? We know each other. And guys, you can't, you can't get that anywhere from some kind of resume or some kind of college pool of graduates that's getting ready to graduate. Guys, if you're not in that position right now, get yourself in that position as fast as you can. Turn around and look around you. Look at the people coming to your church. Find somebody to invest in. Pour your life into somebody. Or reach out to somebody and say, I want an intern not to go sweep floors. I want an intern that I can pour my life into. Yeah. yeah. So I can have some people ready to go. And so you got to have the right person, right place, right job, right time. And you're only going to get that when you know somebody that has character, who can do the job through competence, and has chemistry with you. That is when you're ready to hire. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also, you know, kind of going along with that chemistry and speaking a chemistry thing and speaking to what uh, you said about Steven in particular, uh, you know, um, to throw another C out there, uh, a lot of it has to do with how they understand the culture um, as well. Because, for example, you said not only I know this about Steven, not only did he spend time being kind of mentored by you there at the church, but he had spent several years in Jacksonville pastoring. 
Uh, so he knows right. kind of the culture, if you will, as well. And you know, that's another thing uh, to keep in mind in general. What is the culture of your community or the culture of your church in particular? Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, for example, uh, there is a, uh, you know, the church that I used to work for full time. I've never stopped working for them. They've always kept me on as a contractor to help with their media and graphics. And the number one reason is because is I've, I've gone there all my life. They say, Luke, you know, the culture, uh, that's really important that you understand our culture uh, as you, you know, in my sense, kind of leading the communications and marketing uh, of what they're doing there. And so you've got to have somebody who understands, like I said, the culture of your community. Yes. But also the culture uh, of your church. I think that kind of lines up with the chemistry there. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been this has been a really insightful, uh, you know, conversation. And you know, once again, Brian, we keep starting these recordings thinking that's going to be one or two episodes, and here we are again at another two part episode. I believe that's what this is going to wind up yep. being. So, uh, some really, it's just just really good content as it unpacks as we go along. But any closing words before uh, before we kind of uh, sign off on this one? No, guys, man, just 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 focus on training. Best thing I can tell you, it's part of your job. Somebody asked me one time in a in a this is actually in a in a in an education post. Uh, I teach a class on this in a, on a in a seminary, and uh, the guy said, "What if what if you don't feel like you're you're you have the gifts and calling of equipping?" And I said to him, my student, I wrote back and said, "If you don't have the gifts and calling of equipping, you're not a pastor. Yeah. This is not like this is not like something for elite pastors to do." This is something that Ephesians 4 says pastors must do. So my final word would be the key to all this is a training and equipping culture. And may God help you guys as you lead and equip others in your church ministries. It was great to have you join us for this episode. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any upcoming content, you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel and that you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, then please don't hesitate to leave us that five-star review. And then also tell other church leaders and pastors about this podcast. We would really appreciate you helping us spread the word. This podcast is hosted by Brian Sams. It's produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and my team at mustincrease.com. We really look forward to having you join us in the next episode as we continue to advance a reformation, a fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches right here on Church Advance with Brian Sams. Thank you.